Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast that explores mental health, especially for folks of color. I'm your host, Johnzel Anderson. I'm a licensed therapist and owner of Panoramic Counseling in Richmond, Virginia. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Welcome to season five of Perfectly Imperfect. I was recently doing some behind the scenes like upkeep of the podcast, which involved me switching it over to a new host. And in that process, I learned that I have recorded 82 episodes of this show. So I did not realize I had that many episodes, but I am excited to hop into today's topic, which actually came from a listener a while ago. Actually, when I first started the podcast, I had put something out on social media to get ideas from people. And I had made a list that I had forgotten about. And I stumbled across it. And I wanted to make sure to circle back to this topic. So we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. And we're going to start off with talking about what it is. We're going to go into some of the symptoms, some impacts on mental health for uh, people of color, um, and then a little bit about what we can do about imposter syndrome. So to get started, uh, the term imposter syndrome originated in the late 70s. It was first mentioned in an academic article written by Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes. They define imposter syndrome as an internal experience of intellectual phoniness. So in layman's terms, imposter syndrome is basically doubting your skills and talents despite your own accomplishments and evidence of your ability. It can also make you feel like you don't deserve your success. Those impacted often feel like they're deceiving others, uh, believing that they're not as intelligent as they portray themselves to be. So there are a lot of symptoms and features of imposter syndrome, so I'm going to list off quite a few of them. Before I get into listing those out, though, I must let you know that imposter syndrome is not a formal mental health diagnosis in the DSM-5 text revision. This is more of a psychological phenomenon that is not diagnosable. So it's just kind of a, a series of symptoms that enough people have experienced that we kind of give it a name, but it's not officially a mental health diagnosis. A person who deals with imposter syndrome can um, notice impacts and deficits on their physical, social, and emotional functioning, which of course reduces our quality of life. Some other things they may deal with are strained relationships, a lack of motivation, self-sabotage, which I'll get back to in just a second, debilitating emotional exhaustion, also known as burnout, a consistent fear of being fired or removed from a responsibility, shame about the opportunities and privileges that they do have, struggling with receiving compliments or attention for what they have done, feeling guilty for being successful, basing their worth on how they perform. And of course, some mental health specifics could be anxiety, social anxiety, self-esteem issues, depression, uh, low productivity or performance. Uh, this can also lead to perfectionism and excessive self-monitoring. So I want to go back for just a second to what I said about self-sabotage. Sometimes self-sabotage is something that happens 
when we talk about like a self-fulfilling prophecy, so with this imposter syndrome, you're already feeling like you're not deserving or that you're not competent or capable of doing something despite evidence to the contrary. Well, self-sabotage is when those beliefs that you hold about yourself actually manifest in your behaviors, which can literally sabotage the success that you would otherwise have for yourself. So I hope that made sense. Hearing that list of symptoms and challenges that can come from imposter syndrome, we got to look at how this can really impact our mental health. So um, based on these symptoms, you can see how disruptive and exhausting uh, someone who's dealing with these aspects of imposter syndrome can feel. It's also worth mentioning that an estimate from 2016 found that 70% of the general population has probably experienced imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. So going back into the mental health part of that, it's important to preface all this by saying doubting your ability is normal. I mean, no person is completely confident all the time. The doubting of your ability is pretty normal. Also, like if you're just starting your career or if you have a career, but you're in the middle of a transition within that career, like you're maybe about to be promoted or something like that. So a little doubt and, you know, anxiety, nervousness, feeling inadequate is kind of normal just as a human experience with those different stages of life. However, with imposter syndrome, those normal insecurities can become a real issue that is debilitating. In an article by uh, Kevin Coakley, I believe is the pronunciation, uh, it was from 2013, uh, that author explained how minorities, so going in specifically how it impacts the mental health of people of color, um, explained how min minorities can experience imposter syndrome on a larger scale than their non-melanated counterparts, more specifically because their workplaces may lack uh, diversity. And because of the lack of diversity often experienced in certain workplaces, a person of color may suffer from feeling that they don't belong in certain spaces. It's also worth mentioning that Black people often report the need to work twice as hard to get half as much due to systemic inequality. Um, so you can imagine how having to overcome those barriers can contribute to making these already debilitating uh, symptoms of imposter syndrome all the more complicated for folks of color. So those are some things to kind of keep in mind there. As a podcast listener myself, I'm not a fan of ads, so I'll keep this brief. I use Alitu.com to edit and host my podcast and have been a happy customer since 2020. Alitu is extremely user-friendly and saves me a ton of time in editing. The software also does all that technical sound stuff, so I don't have to. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or already have one, check out Alitu with the link in this episode's show notes for a free trial and a discount off your first paid month. Using my link helps to support this podcast, so thanks in advance. And now back to the show. In my research to kind of get some information on this topic and present it to you, I compiled a short list of folks of color that have reported experiencing imposter syndrome. So that list includes Maya Angelou, Michelle Obama, 
Justice Sonia Sotomayor, and also the rapper Andre 3000. So I thought that would be kind of cool just to include some noteworthy names. Uh, Sometimes when we can identify with someone who we see as having a lot of success or fame or accomplishments and seeing that they sometimes deal with insecurities or confidence issues and things like that, it Uh, At least for me, it helps to normalize and kind of put things into perspective. You know, it doesn't matter how rich, famous, whatever. We're all human at the end of the day. And so it's important to remember that we're all just on this journey of navigating what life throws at us. So to kind of wrap up here, it wouldn't be that beneficial if I just talk about imposter syndrome, about what it is and not address what we can do about it. A big thing to focus on if you or someone you care about is dealing with imposter syndrome is to build up that social support system. So this can be friends, family, coworkers, colleagues in that person's life. Just making sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are giving you energy versus, you know, zapping it or criticizing And it's not even just to have people around you who will gas you up as much as it is just having a variety of perspectives to not only vent when you're feeling insecure about something, but also to get ideas about how other people are handling certain issues and stuff like that. Sometimes just talking with another person about what you're experiencing or what you're insecure about you'd be surprised to know that maybe the person that you're confiding in has also dealt with some imposter syndrome. And they might be able to share with you how that fit into their life and what they did to combat that. So the first thing, social support is very important. The next thing that we can do to combat imposter syndrome is to focus on self-care. Pretty much any conversation about mental health is going to probably come back to self-care, but it's very important. So one of the big uh, symptoms of imposter syndrome that I mentioned is kind of that emotional exhaustion and burnout. Self-care is very important because imposter syndrome often comes with like workplace and also school performance tasks. Self-care can be making sure that you're making time for those non-work, non-school tasks so that you can recharge. That could be working out. That could be uh, listening to music. It could be yoga. It could be, you know, listening to a podcast on a topic of your choice. We have to make sure that while we give and we perform you know, whether we're in school or whether we have a job or a profession, we have to be doing the daily maintenance things to make sure that we're okay. So self-care is huge. And finally, given that I am a therapist, but also I'm also a person who goes to therapy, I actually saw my therapist yesterday. But yeah, if you're dealing with imposter syndrome, um, definitely consider talking with a professional. I have dealt with this a lot uh, with clients. I, I work with a lot of teenagers and young adults, like college students and stuff like that. And this is a very common occurrence, especially for those who are in school or who are navigating the beginning stages of their career or switching jobs or professions. Imposter syndrome is very common. So sometimes just having, you know, I spoke earlier about like having a social support system, but sometimes there may be limitations to, you know, your friends and family and what they 
can do for you when you're experiencing imposter syndrome. So sometimes it's good just to have an objective third party that's not too involved in your life to kind of get a different perspective. So to recap what you can do about imposter syndrome, I would say social support, self-care, and the third thing is considering uh, speaking with a therapist. So I hope that it's been helpful, and I will catch y'all on the next one. Thank you for listening. Before you go, consider supporting this podcast in some of the following ways. You can buy me a coffee with the link in this episode show notes. You can leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening to this episode. You can follow this show in your favorite app to be notified of new episodes. And finally, you can subscribe by email with the link in this episode show notes. Thank you in advance for your support, and I'll see you next time.